Hey, uh, Terry and Brian, can you guys come up here and help me just for a second? I'm not going to make you do anything embarrassing. I'm going to save that for my son, Matt. And uh, just because I haven't got to pick on him in a long time. So hang on this end right here. And it's not real embarrassing, son. So would you come on up? Just uh, Yeah, you're right here, Brian. I right, just want you to hold that right there. And uh, so, so in this, um, this is my son, Matt. Y'all met my other daughters and everything. But uh, anyways, um, yeah, I love my son. And, uh, and, and he's getting ready to get married to Abby. Abby, will you stand up? I know you don't like being recognized either, but when, get, put picture both. Uh, with, you guys stand up so they can see your face in their head, all right? So they're getting ready to get married. How many of y'all know they need prayers? Pray for them, yes, <laughs> absolutely. So, all right, thank you, Abby. Um, so, Matt, here's what I want you to do. These two big, strong guys, I got a big, you know, some biggest guys I had here that I'm not, you know, I could pick more out if you don't think they can handle it. But what I want you to do is I want you to just put all your full weight and sit on this. It's some, just some jute twine here, you know. Do you believe this can hold your weight? Yeah, you want to feel it? Man, you're a farm boy. You think you would, like, tie one of your bulls up with all of that right there? No, probably not. So are you going to put your faith and trust in this wire right here and sit? No, not all of it. No, not all of it? So you, is there any way that this line, all right, seriously, I could just break this line in a heartbeat. I could chew through it real easy. It's, it's twisted, but there's not much to it. So I believe, do you believe, what would happen if you sat on this, Matt? It's going to break. You're pretty sure it's going to break. Is there any way that this line right here, um, that you can put all your full weight on it and it not break? Okay, how many of y'all believe that, that there's probably no way uh, you could put your full weight on this and it not break? But Grotchop Tom, do you think you can put your full weight and it not break? So. Yeah, I, I know I can't. Okay, but is there a way that we can put our full weight on this and it not break? Hey, Matt, try it just one second. Just, I'm not going to let you go the whole way. Hey, we'll wait, wait, wait. Come, 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 come. Here. All right, let it down here. Let, all right, so Matt, I'm going to help you out a little bit here. Sit, but it, and then you just let me know. Don't sit all the way, all right, because I don't know how heavy you are. What do you think? You think it's working? Wait, if I put my butt on the Okay, all right, all right, all right. Come on, man. Get up, get up, get up. All right. So like this, all right, y'all y'all sit down. Great. That, uh, so, so I got a point to all of this. Oh, Matt, come here. I'm not done with you guys. So you heard him alluding to this, but, but what if we all of a sudden took this line and now we wrapped it around this chair, okay? And if we started wrapping, all I've got is one line right over that chair. Hey, Matt, can you sit on that chair right there? And do you believe now that that, oh, look, he had no problem sitting there. All right? So there, you believe that there's now you can sit on that line yes. and it not break. Yes, but it has to be on something bigger. If all you're doing is sitting on that line, what's going to happen? Oh, it's going to break. Thank you, son. All right? And, and, and there's a point to this, okay? You're like, well, I'm glad I came to church to find that one out. But, <laughs> but in this, there, there's a point, okay? Again, same thing. You can either sit on this or you can sit on this. How many of y'all want to sit on this? Come on, thrill seekers, adrenaline junkies, where are you? <laughs> Somebody out here, Seth is trying to mathematically, scientifically figure out how I can sit on this right here. You know, there's some of you guys out there trying to figure that out. Honestly, is there anybody still trying to figure this out to prove me wrong? Yeah, there you go, Destiny. You're one of those. That's good. You're a thinker. I like that. But don't think too hard because I don't want you sitting on this. Where, where does God want you sitting? He wants you sitting here. Um, check this out in... Um, in uh, Isaiah, uh, let me pull this up super quick here. It's not the passage we're preaching on, but in Isaiah chapter uh, 30, I want you to hear a little, just a little story that's in here. And uh, 
Uh, Isaiah, I'm sorry, Isaiah chapter 40. And um, let's, uh, let's just start in, uh, in verse 27. And you can listen if you don't have your, if your Bible. The rest of the Bible will be all up there that we go through. But I want you to hear this. Isaiah chapter 40, starting in verse 27. Um, God's using Isaiah to try to encourage the uh, Israelites. No matter how tough it gets, no matter how tough it is, it's better to stick with God than to not stick with him. Don't freak out and go out on your own. And, and Israel was kind of like, you know, God's let us down. God's not helping. He's like, no, no, wait a minute. And he goes in 27, he says, Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord, and my just claim is passed over by my God? In other words, God forgot about us. He said, Have you not known? Have you not heard? Now, obviously, they've been hearing their whole life and knowing their whole life this, but they're acting like they haven't. How many of y'all have ever said that to one of your kids? Teen, you ever say that? Have you not? Do you not hear me? Right? She's assistant principal. You ever have to say, man, have you not known? Have you not heard? You know, you know they have. But why do you say it? Because they're not acting like they have, right? All right. So he said, have you not known? Have you not heard? The everlasting God. The everlasting God. How long has he been around? Forever. Forever. Yeah. And he, would, he didn't need anything to start because he never started. He's a self-sufficient God. The everlasting God. The Lord. The creator of the ends of the earth. How many of y'all ever made anything? Anybody ever made anything? You did not. You combined the ingredients, right? So what'd you make? What'd you make? Oh, you made a cheesecake for later, right? What A cannoli cheesecake? Yeah. What'd you put in that? Love and prayer. Love and Oh, dude, that's it? Come on, that's the best pastor right Oh, no, that, but, but that sounds like an empty cake pan to me. You know, I'm just not, the thought was there, but you used some eggs, right? So, yeah, did you make those eggs? No, God did. Get your own ingredients, all right? But you didn't make it. You combine things together. Even when you make a mess, all you're doing is combining the ingredients wrong, right? But I know Karen, she didn't make a mess. It's going to be good. So that's worth coming and eating at 1 o'clock, okay, over at Terry and Fernandez. So he says, everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, he doesn't faint or grow weary. How many of y'all ever faint or grow weary? Anybody get tired? Yeah. Uh, it, it's a, it, the older we get, the faster it happens, right, Gary? Yeah, we're, we're trying to compensate that, all right? So he says his understanding is unsearchable. How many of y'all have to scratch your brain because you can't figure it out? You know what I'm saying? But God knows everything. God can do any, everything, and God is everywhere. It goes into verse 29. He says, he gives power to the weak. So if you're weak, where do you get your power from? Him. He gives power to the weak and to those who have no might, who are just worn out. He increases your strength. You get it from him. Verse 30, even the youth shall faint and be weary. You young people. Dude, you're fixing to go through boot camp, aren't you? <laughs> you think you're going to get weary and faint? <laughs> yeah, you are. Man, even the young people who can go on forever. How many of y'all know the older you get, the better you were? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You're like, dude, I used to be able to do that, man. And, and the young people are going to grow weary. The young men will utterly fall. So just because you're young and, and full of energy like Pittsburgh Rob, man, you, you're going you're gonna to meet your match at some point, man. And so he says, but, here's one of your but. Oh, Sharla, is she down there? Yeah, this is one of the buts here. But those who, how many of y'all know the next word to this? Wait. Wait. Hey, so here's the reason. All right, just remember that word. What is the reason that continually in life we're sitting on this instead of this? Because we don't want to what? We don't want to wait. That's why we continually sit on this and it breaks on us. 
or lets us down because we don't want to wait. And who do we have to wait on? God. And so he says, but those who wait on the Lord shall what? Renew their strength. You get new strength. You'll mount up with wings like eagles. So if God's calling you to fly, guess what? He's going to give you the best wings you can have to fly with. He goes on, he says, you'll run and not grow weary. You will walk and you won't faint. Is there anything other than, hey, Hootie, is there anything other than flying, running and walking? No, dude, you're there sitting. It don't take much, but I'm just saying you're there. But here's the cool thing. So the key of why we continually find ourselves sitting on this instead of this is because we aren't willing to do what? And he tells us that we're supposed to wait on who? So what do we do? How do we wait? We have this idea like, okay, I'm twiddling my thumbs. I'm going to do some You know, I don't know. How do you wait on him? It's pretty cool because there's, there's a literate, the, the Hebrew word for wait here, there's a literal translation of it, and there's a figurative one. The figurative one is what the translators decide to use and say wait, to wait. But the literal word, do you know what the literal word wait means in the Hebrew? It means to wrap yourself around. So, hey, when Matt sat down on this chair, was it his, if, if this is our strength right here, okay, and this is God, if we wait, if we literally wrap ourselves around him, whose strength are we sitting in? Yeah, but you want to do it in this and you want to sit on the, even, how many of you ever went for it saying, well, I know this is going, not going to work, <laughs> but I'm going to do it anyways. I got no other choice. You know why you have no other choice? Because you won't what? Wait. Wait. God will let you know what to do when it's time to do it. Right, Debbie? Yes. Isn't it awesome when he lets you know? Yes. Yeah. What, but what's the hardest part? Waiting. Waiting. That's why we're willing to sit on this right here, even though, well, maybe it won't break this time. <laughs> and how many of y'all had it break again? <laughs> So the word, what he says, when he means to wait on him, when you renew our strength, no matter what age, no matter how, how much you're in shape or whatever, he says, he says what this word wait means is to wrap yourself around the Lord. So when you find yourself having a choice to sit on something, trust something, put your faith and trust in something that's wrong, something that you know he doesn't want you to do, wait, wait. And the what you do while you're waiting, that's the figurative definition. The literal definition is to wrap yourself around him. Now, I can't tell you what that looks like to you. For me, I just tell God, I acknowledge the fact that I'm getting ready to sit on something that's going to break. <laughs> I'm, I, God, I have no other option but to trust in this. And I know it's not what you want me to do, but I don't know what else to do. Or, God, I don't know what to do. I have all these choices and everybody wants me to make a decision. And God will usually say, well, do I at this point? No. You know when you make a decision? When God tells you what to do. If you've given him your life. If you've truly given him your life, who gets called shots in your life? God. So we don't make decisions because I need to make a decision. Or because I want to make a decision. Or everybody else wants me to make a decision. We make it when God wants us. And that's what the world needs to see. So that, again, the literal definition is to wrap yourself around the Lord. So I tell God, I just start praying. Sometimes I'll just open the word and I'll just start reading it without trying to understand it. Read it with a telescope instead of a microscope. And I'll just start reading and say, God, God, how do I wait? I just, how do you wrap yourself around him? How would you wrap yourself around somebody? Anybody ever? <laughs> I'm not going to embarrass you, son. <laughs> 
But anybody ever wrap yourself? If I was to wrap myself around my wife, what would I do? <laughs> I'd wrap myself around and I'd hang on to her. I'd get as close as I could to her. And I wouldn't let her go. If that's where I was going to get what I needed, I was going to hold on. I'm talking strength. <laughs> you know, the wisdom, the whatever. And you hold on. You wrap yourself around God and you just hold on. So that's the key. But in this instant world, think about how stupid instant grits is. <laughs> How much more instant can you make it? You just, you're paying somebody to boil it ahead of you. I mean, we have instant everything, right? Don't we? When that's what we want right now. How many of y'all remember dial-up? You remember when the internet started? Anybody remember dial-up? Who can make the noise you heard? Remember the noise? You'll be thinking about, some of you are going to be thinking about that noise all night. Dude, you guys, how many of y'all young people get frustrated if, all, if you don't have connection right now? How many old people get frustrated? We got so spoiled. Man, we used to wait two minutes for that dial-up to just connect. And, and, and yeah, we're so used to having things, everything now. But God never, does God wear a watch? No, dude, he probably ain't got, he's got his own calendar. He doesn't live by time. We do. And we keep trying to put him on our time schedule. He says, wait. That's the figurative language. The literal one is to wrap yourself around him so that as you're sitting, it's it, Dustin, is it my strength holding me up now? Whose strength is it holding me up? It's God's. And that's what faith is, is to be able to wait. And that has a lot to do with what we're going to be talking about in uh, the book of Acts today. So let's take a look and let's uh, see how this comes together. No or yes. It's not a guess. How many of y'all have to make a no or yes decision? Christy? Christy. Is it Christy? Christy. All right. I, I always get all, uh, you'll get Christy. All right, I got you. She was paddleboarding with us, man, the other day, and I'm so grateful you're here. You had to make a decision whether you were going to hang out with this bunch of crazy people who were all paddleboarding, and you did. Yeah. And, and what an awesome thing. How many of y'all got decisions to make? Every moment of every day. Right now, you got a decision to pay attention or not pay attention, but you're paying attention because you know I'm going to probably call on you the minute you, you aren't, right? That keeps most of you guys awake, right? All right? You got, or you'd be thinking about the, the awesome barbecue or, you know, the awesome lunch afterward. You think about what's going on. I know you guys are thinking about pressure washing your porch or something, but it's okay. I, I love you guys. And I so hope that God works in your heart and changes your mind so you come to the picnic. Anyway, but if not, that is, I, I don't want to be your Holy Spirit. Never. All right. So check this out. No or yes. How many of y'all have ever had no or yes and all it is for you is a guess? You're like, well, got this, got this. Might as well. This will work out. If you make decisions based on short-term consequences, favorable, immediate consequences, nine times out of ten, you're going to make a wrong decision. And I have a little diagram that I'm not going to go over today, but I will tell you. Uh, if you ever want to challenge me on that, I'll show you the diagram. Most of the time, we make decisions on short-term consequences. It's, a, it's going to be a bad decision. So how do we make our decisions? Based on what? We wait for who to give us direction? God. And if God's not in a hurry, we don't need to be in a hurry. So no or yes, I'm going to tell you today from the, the life of the Apostle Paul in the second missionary journey, it's not a guess. It's not a guess. You may feel like it's a guess at the beginning. Debbie, I'm not going to be, you know, you felt like it was a guess at the beginning, but is it a guess now? No. And I'm going to do such a horrible job of preaching. You're going to be like, no, I'm just messing with you. But it's not a guess. You know what God wants you to do. And isn't it awesome when you now know what God wants you to do? 
and you can go do it with confidence. You do it with boldness. You do it with passion. If you don't have the passion and the boldness of confidence, it's probably because it's just a guess and you don't think it's going to matter. But I want you to know from the time you're born again to the time he brings you home, every minute of every day matters because you have the Holy Spirit of God in you. And God only gave the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament when he tried to give a supernatural job to a natural person. And he would give it to him for that job. And then, and then it would leave. He would give it to him for that job, and then it would leave. Nina, how, how often do you have the Holy Spirit? Yeah, so, so what does that say about how important your jobs are? Is there a moment you're not in an important job? No. We have the Holy Spirit dwelling in us. No or yes. I want you to see it's not a yes. All right, so here's something we don't want to hear in this society. All right, how many of y'all, how, how many praise jar things did I get where somebody, first of all, Zane gave me one, but how many times in the praise jar are people like, dude, I have been praying for this new car and this new everything, and God said no, isn't that awesome? <laughs> is, that not, is that how we pray? Are we excited when God says no? We should be, because if you're not doing the right thing, you're doing the wrong thing. How many of y'all, how many of you after the fact have been grateful that God had said no? Yeah, how many wish you would have said no? No, I'm just joking, but yeah. <laughs> Sometimes God does say no, but in our instant society that is becoming more and more about us, we are creating theology that doesn't even say no. We're, we have a God that doesn't say that you, you know, that they can't say no. And that's straight from the pit of hell because I'm going to show you in God's word, he does say no. How many of you have God say, say no to you? And how many of you after the fact have been grateful for that? Yes. But at the time, you were ticked. At the time, you might even hated God. At the time, you were so discouraged, depressed, and down. But man, God does say no. And that's all I want to make in this first point, in this first verse here. God does say no. All right, so the Apostle Paul, he's got this dude named Silas with him. And then he's got another guy who was a young man that, remember, Paul was going to a place where they tried to kill him, okay? And, and, and then he, he went and asked this kid's mom, if he could go with him <laughs> and maybe be killed too. And uh, he went through a painful procedure even to be able to go with Paul. Who is that kid? Do you remember? <laughs> Timothy. So he picked Timothy. Paul and Silas picked Timothy up along the way. Now they're going to places where people want to kill him. But they don't care because to live as Christ, to die is better. And if, this is, and if it's not your time to go, dude, is there, any arm, is there any Coast Guard in the world that can take you out? No. And if it is your time to go, is there any Coast Guard that can protect you? No. Whether you live or die, that's up to God, man. That's why you just be obedient. It takes faith. So here they are. And so we got Paul, Silas, and we've got Timothy going on. And it says, and they, those three, went through the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. So where they were at, okay, it, uh, next week I'll have a map for you guys. But, man, they were coming up, and, and they wanted... To go west, uh, they wanted to go east. They wanted to go to where the seven churches in the Book of Revelation are. They wanted to go over by Ephesus and and Thyatira and Pergamus and 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 Smyrna. They wanted to go over to that area, and 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 rightly so. One day there were going to be churches planted there, but they wanted to go east and they wanted to hit that direction. Is it east or west, Seth? Help me out, man. East. East. Okay. They wanted to go and they wanted to go over. Yeah, to what was. Asia Minor at the time. And what did God say? No. no, look what it says. They went through the region of fire in Galatia, having been forbidden by who? The Holy Spirit said no. 
Anybody ever had the Holy Spirit say no? Anybody have the Holy Spirit and say no and you just keep appealing? <laughs> you know, they had the Holy Spirit say no and you're like, oh, that must not be. No, that's the pizza I ate last night. Uh, the point is, I want you to know that God says no. If you get a no, it's okay. It's a good thing to get a no. So they were trying to go and they were trying to go east. All right. So the Holy Spirit said no. And I want you to know that's all I want you to know on this area. So how does God say no to us? What are some ways he says no? Seth, what is a, uh, a sure way that God says yes and no to us? I'll give you a hint. You're holding it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, in his word. His word. There are things that God, does God in his, his word say yes to some things? Hey, Dustin, are there some things that God says no to? Absolutely. And it, so the word is God's word. That's like an easy way. If God's word says no, you don't do it. I mean, God's saying no. You have a choice to do it or not. But if, you, if God's word says don't do it and you do it, then guess what you're sitting on? That's the difference between sitting on that and sitting on that. God's word is, is, it is black and white. But what do we like to say it is? What color do we like to say it is? Gray. Yeah, but this is gray. He doesn't understand our society. Oh, my goodness. He understands it better than us. And so does the devil. Hey, well, how do you make gray? You start with what color? White, right? I mean, you could start with black, but it'd take a whole lot of gray. It would take a whole lot of black to make white, uh, that, to make, or a lot of white to make black gray, right? You start with white, right? Did I totally confuse you? Good, you're awake. You start with white, and let me ask you a question. How much black do you have to put in white to make it gray? Not much. And you know what happens? We know God says yes, and we say God says no, and when God says no, and we say, but God, I don't have any other options, but, but God, this is what I think I have to do right now. God, I'm not going to wait. I'm not going to wait for you to do something so supernatural that only you can get blamed. Do you understand that's why we don't see things and see great, have great stories? Because in order to have those great stories, when does God usually show up? When there's nothing left, there's no other solution. When it looks like you're going down and God wants to come in like, you know, the dude on the white horse, da, 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 and he wants to say, don't sit there, sit here. And then everybody hears the cool story you have from him. But we miss that so often because we don't want to what? Wait. We don't want to wait. So when God's word says no, what does that mean? No. You remember growing up, Ashley? I, we taught you a saying, no means, and you're teaching that to Keone now, right? Because apple don't fall far from that tree, right? No means no. <laughs> and and, and it's, it, it just means no. And no is a good answer sometimes. We should have more things in the praise jar where God said no. How many things could he be protecting us from? And so in his word, we've got his word. His word is black and white. His word tells us no, and his word tells us yes, and there's no exceptions in that. Now, we can be like the Israelites, and we can try to twist his word to fit our lifestyle, or, which is what we're, or we can twist our life to fit his word, which is what we're supposed to do. But more often than not, I think sometimes we try to twist his word to justify it and make it fit our lifestyle when we know what it means right away. But if we would just wait... So what's a good answer from God sometimes? No. No. Dustin, you like to hear no. 
I'm going to pray for you to like to hear no. No, I'm just like, literally. Wouldn't that be awesome if we prayed for each other to like the word no? Is, it no, is no worse than yes? Is yes a better answer than no? No, they're both equal. They're both good. You need to know those. You know? Jack, you were a pitcher, right, in baseball. All right, you're up there and you're ready to pitch, man. And, and the catcher's calling stupid, stupid, like, dude, I just threw that guy a fastball last time and he jacked it over the fence, right? And so he's calling for a fastball. What do you say? No, <laughs> right? Desi, you're a pitcher, right? No, don't. I want to throw the slider because I can get him with that, right? No's as good an answer as yes, but we don't view it that way. So God sometimes says no. All right, so what do we do? So they start heading on the map. On the map, I'm seeing it. They're heading west, all right? They're heading west. They're, they're going west. But so sometimes when God says no, what are we supposed to do? Go. Sometimes God says no. If God says no, that's not how I wrote it, right? If God says no, then go. So, so what that means is don't sit there and dwell on the fact that God said no. How many of y'all got a no from God and you sat there and dwelled on it and you had your own pity party and you fell out of fellowship with God, fell out of fellowship with others because it didn't go your way and it wasn't what you wanted? And you're like, no, and you didn't do anything. Anybody ever guilty of that? Yeah, you didn't like the no answer you got, so you stayed there. And how many of you ever tried to talk God back into the no answer to turn it into a yes? Anybody ever do that? Yeah. Mike, thank you for being honest. These folks are liars. <laughs> I'm just telling you. We've all done that. God says no, and we come at it from all these different angles to get God to say what? Yeah. yeah. So let me ask you a question. In prayer, if God said no, God said no. God's word says no. God says no. Holy Spirit says no. Mom and dad say no. Everybody says no. Your boss says no. <laughs> the government says no. Every authority you have says no. And you pray for it. Is it possible for God to say yes? Yeah. In fact, he did it a bunch of times with the Israelites. You pray for something and God says no, and all of a sudden you get it. It's not an answer to your prayer. It's judgment. Because the only way you're going to learn to listen to what God wants and trust what God wants and love what God wants is if God gives you what you don't want that you think you want. Because can anybody convince you if you've got your heart set on it? No. This is it. This is it. And God's, and God's not going along. But all of a sudden you get what you've been praying for after God said no. I'm just telling you, God didn't answer your prayers. God just judged you. Because the only way you're going to learn is by getting what you don't want, but you think you want. Israelites, they got tired of eating manna. Remember that? What did they pray for? What did they complain for? What did they want? Yeah, dude, I want some quail. I want some meat. Me too, dude. I ain't no vegetarian. I'm, I want some meat. I'm a meatitarian. I'm a hardcore carnivore. I want some meat. So what did God give them? Hey, Jimmy, remember what he gave them? Yeah, no, he, they had manna, but they didn't want it. He gave them quail. How much quail did he give them? Carol Ann, you remember how much quail he gave them? Oh, dude, he gave them so much that, that they got sick on it. And, and then he judged them afterwards. He did that with Israel a lot. He said no, and they went for it. And they tried to be all spiritual and keep twisting and turning it. And, and so what, what I'm trying to say is that sometimes God says no. But if God says no, then go. Don't dwell on it. Don't sit on it. Don't stay there. 
Until God, you feel you and God, you have convinced God now of your plan. Is that how it works? Dustin, how's that work? It doesn't. Because what God has to do then is judge you. He gives you what you're asking for, but you find out you really don't want it. So you go. Where do you go? So Paul and them, they're heading west. Um, they're going west a little bit, and the Holy Spirit said no, so guess what they did? They went a what? A different? Yeah, they, they went north a little bit. Okay, and so look what happens in this next verse. And when they had come up to Mysia, they're going north saying, all right, well, let's just go up here and try it. There's people that need to be saved up here. And so they come up to Mysia. They attempted to go to Bithynia, and the spirit of what? Jesus. Oh, did not what? Come on, God. <laughs> I'm going this way, and you said no. All right, so you were, as Americans, we're expecting the next answer to be surely what? Yeah. yeah. You know, so what they turn, they go a little bit north and it's like God says, what do you say again? Yeah. Now, now, first one, it was Holy Spirit. The second one, it says the spirit of Jesus. Is there any difference between that? No. no. Is there any difference between God, the father, God, the son and God, the Holy Spirit? Yeah. <laughs> they're 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 all our authority in all of this. I think it's interesting. The spirit of Jesus, that that's even used and it is only used in like the king, uh, the ESV one um, in there. But he said no. So. You don't, if God says no, don't stay there and dwell on it because, and get discouraged and get upset because he said no. You start moving. Even if you're moving in the wrong direction, and I don't purposely move in the wrong direction. They thought they were moving in the right direction. But what are we tempted to do when God says no? Christine, how many times did it take for God to say no before he finally said yes for you guys to move here? And by the way, are you glad he said yes? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> how many times, man, did he... You almost have it that you guys are moving here. Yeah. And how did you feel after each time he turned it down? You thought you were going to be here, right? Yeah, very disappointed. Did you ever feel like quitting? <laughs> yeah. Isn't that one of the options when God says no and God says no and God says no and God says no? We're like, well, you know, you quit. That's one of the options. But you can't. No is just as good as an, of an answer as yes. Sometimes it's better. So they started heading west, or I mean, uh, they started heading that way. And then they went up north, and they started going up, they started going up north, and God now said no again. That gets frustrating, doesn't it? But you don't quit, okay? So what do you do? If God says no, then go. Don't stay there where he said no and try to talk him into it. Go. Even if you don't know which direction to go, take a shot and start going. As long as you're not violating God's principles, as long as God's not saying no, go. Go a different, and then go a different direction if he says no. You just keep going. And you, you know what your spirit-filled life is? We talk about it all the time. What do you want me to do now, God? And we do it. Because again, it's like if you just say, what do you want me to do now, God? What do you want me to do now, God? What do you want me to do now, God? And you never do anything. You're going in circles. In the same way, if all you're doing is doing, 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 and saying, I'm doing it for God, it might not be what he wants you to do. Spiritual life is, what do you want me to do now, God? Do it. And you know, God may just be getting your momentum going in a direction so he can change it. That ever happen? Yeah. Because if he would just simply say, all right, I want you to go all the way back to that exit sign, what would I do? I would just put my eyes set on that exit sign and I would go for it. And then I would get there and I'd say, now what? And God said, okay, we're gonna try this again. You missed everything along the way. Life's not a destination, it's a destiny. As I'm headed to the exit sign, 
Dude, Seth, yeah! And there's Hootie on his neck. Man, it's like there's all of you along the way. And God may say, dude, you might want you to really. One more time, what I am, man? Terrence. Terrence, yeah. And he may want me to move his hat and sit down right next to him. You know, and stay here for a while. Then get up and keep my journey going. That's how, but if I just stay up here and say, I'm not going until you tell me everything, am I ever going to get where he wants me to go? Am I going to miss all the opportunities God for me? You've got to just keep walking. So if God says no, don't stay there, go. If he says no, go a different direction. This is what they're going to do here. Look, so passing by Mysia, they went down to Troas. So here's what they did. They started out going this way. They started going, God said no. They started going this way. God said no. So they didn't quit. They kept going. And all of a sudden, they end to Troas. And they end there. And how many of y'all read this story yet? You probably like have been there like reading it all along, right? How many of y'all know what God said next? What do you think God said next? Anybody got a clue? All right, I'll tell you. Here it is. Sometimes God says what? Yes. Yes. And we like that better. How many of y'all really like yes better than no? Yeah. Matt, you like yes better than no? Abby, you like yes better than no? Linda, you like yes better than no? Yeah, because then we get what we want. But when we can be okay with yes and no, then we get what God wants. And how many of us have figured out, not all the time, <laughs> We won't have that till heaven, but how many of us figured out that, man, what God wants is best? Yeah. And so I want to get there more and more. I'm not there. So sometimes God does say yes, and, 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 and that's a good thing. And look what it says. A vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia was standing there urging him, saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. So all of a sudden, he's tired from his journey. He's there. A vision appeared to him. We don't really know what all that even looked like. Uh, and, and, and a vision came, and, and it said, come to Macedonia and help us. And he knew this was from God. So now he knew where he's going. God said, nope, 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 yes. And now he had to cross over. And to remember that, we think yes is awesome, right, Pittsburgh Rob? Yes. So next week, when we start talking about what they went through and how they could keep going through these hard times and not quit and see the purpose of it. We remember how excited they were to hear yes. You know, there's good and bad in all of it, but it's all by God's design. Hey, how many of y'all were excited if you ever got pregnant when you got pregnant? How many of y'all were excited in the delivery room? <laughs> how many were excited when your kid got an award? How many of y'all excited when they were in the principal's office? <laughs> How many of you excited when they graduate? How many? I mean, you know what I'm saying? It's like, it, it, it's all there. So a vision appeared to Paul. Man, they got excited. Man, yes, God said yes. So now we know what God wants us to do. And they're going to come to Macedonia. Check this out, man. When God says yes, or God says yes, when it's something he can bless. You know, over here is where God said no. And, and I didn't buy it. I, I'm determined I'm going to do it anyways. Maybe I didn't even bother asking him. Maybe I'm just going to do what makes sense. Maybe I don't give God all of my life. I only give him part of my life. And, 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 and God, would God get glory if you can pull off what everybody else can pull off? Not a bit. God wants to do things so supernatural in your life that only he can get blamed. Anybody have supernatural stories of where God's done things that couldn't have been done any other way? That's what he wants to do. But so often we settle for this. This is not what he can bless. He's not going to bless your disobedience. He may have mercy on you. 
But what God wants to bless is where you say, dude, I had no option. And, and, and man, I just trusted God. And I sat down and I stayed where God wanted me to do. I did what God wanted me to do. And this is what happened. God can bless that. So God says yes when it's something he can bless. So that's a good way to look at your prayer requests. It's a good way to look at what you're trying to make in a decision. How would, ask yourself in your decisions that you make, how would God be glorified if he were to give me this that I'm asking for? And when you can see how God can be glorified again, you know, there's more to it than that. But dude, if God can't be glorified, man, that ain't the right decision. So God says yes when something, it's something he can bless. Look at this. And when Paul had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go into Macedonia, concluding, this word concluding means they studied everything available to them. All, they, they didn't just blindly go. They basically looked at everything that was happening, everything around them, and they knew God had said yes. And so we concluded that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. So why did they go? Hey, Matthew. Not you, Matthew. You, Matthew. Matthew Zimba. Why did they go? Because God told them to go. Did anything else need to make sense? But look what it says when it says they concluded. You know what it said, What that's talking about? God did make some of it make sense to them. Sometimes God will tell you to do stuff that don't make sense. But sometimes God's like, it's, it's like a no-brainer. Duh. And so, so in this, they went. They concluded that God had called them to go. And if God's called you to go, that's something that he can bless. So again... The difference in that is you either settle for this or you wait on this. You settle for this and do it in your understanding because God kind of says, hey, if you're going to do it, I'm not. <laughs> God says, I'm going to do it or you're going to do it. But if you're going to do it, I'm not going to do it. And so he concluded, if God says no, what do we do? go. Don't stay there and keep... Isn't that what we do with our parents? <laughs> Isn't that what your kid... Does Keone, you say no? And what does Keone first do? He whines. He whines. <laughs> Tina, aren't you glad Abby never did that? And, and has well outgrown it now, right? Just like Matt and all our kids, right? Aren't you, yeah, Dustin, B B Vicky, Dustin and Juan, right? Well, yeah. So, so that, I mean, we've learned that, right? If, if, and so, so first we whine, right? And then, if and then if 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 you keep saying no and he's firm, who does he go to next? JJ, right? Yeah. How many of y'all know your kids play you, right? <laughs> You've seen them play, yeah. And you got to be a team in this, you know. So don't do that with God. If God says no, no means what? No. You've been telling him that. You're telling Keone, both of you. Are, no means no. <laughs> And that is really what God is. So if you stay there, you're not going to like the result. So if God says no, accept it as no. Because is there anybody better qualified to call the shots in your life? No. He knows everything in the past, present, and future. Okay? Any of you all know that? And he's got all the power to do anything in the world. Any of you all got that? And he's everywhere. Any of you all there? No. Mom almost so big. She's everywhere. No, no, that's a... No, God's everywhere. He's the only one that's everywhere. So if God says no, don't stay there. Instead, do what? Go. Where do you go? Ask him. And if he doesn't tell you, just go. Start doing something that would honor him. Just start doing what you know. What is this, Karen? If you don't know what to do, do what you, do do what you know to do. Just go. Start doing something. And then as you're going, you can count on him to take you in a what? A different direction. 
if you're not in the right direction. Because God wants to say yes to what? Help me out with this. So all right. So one more time in a group reading. We'll be liturgical here. So everybody help me out with this. So. Because. Yes. To what? Dude. That's it. And that's what the Apostle Paul. That's how the second missionary journey got rolling. Oh, and by the way, check this out. Hang on. Let me go back. I want to show you something really cool. Look at this last verse we looked at. Okay, so all, all so far, who are the guys that are in this missionary journey so far? We've got Paul, Silas, Silas and, Timothy. and Timothy. Because T- Fernanda, can you believe Timothy's mom let him go with Paul? <laughs> to a place where they tried to kill him, a place where he could die. And, 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 but Timothy's mom, and I'm not saying, you know, God gives us wisdom, right? You know, but, but yeah, Timothy got to go. So there they are, those three. And, and all along, who's writing this book of Acts right now, by the way? Nope. Luke. It's Luke 2. Luke wrote, uh, wrote the Gospel Luke, but now Luke is writing this, this Luke 2, which is the book of Acts. And all along he's saying, they, 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 they. But look what he says here now. And when Paul had seen the vision, immediately, what's the next word? Who's the writer? So who's probably now the fourth guy on this journey? Luke! He's now going, and so the rest we read in the book of Acts is now Luke, an eyewitness, participating in all of this. And so Luke is saying, now we get to go to Macedonia. So many people believe that he was actually the Macedonian man. He was the guy that, that was actually praying that God would send, and God used that vision and showed it to Paul, and now they've got a mission team of four. It's going to be an awesome thing what they do on this second missionary journey. But what happens if when God said no, they would have just done it anyways, Jack? They'd have missed out. Yeah. And whenever, whenever we try to do it on our own strength, this is the sad part. Because this is all we've got. We keep sitting on this. And when you sit on this, what's going to happen, Matt, when you sit on this? It's going to break. Guaranteed it's going to break. And we miss out. And we miss out because we're too impatient to what? To wait, which simply means to wrap our lives around Christ and rest in his strength. Because we wait on him and do what he wants us to do. He's empowering us and he's supplying us with everything we need to do it. So you think it's important to wait? Yeah. Because he wants us to be a part of things so supernatural that only he could get blamed for. And one of those things is salvation. He made it possible for him to live inside of us and us to have a home in heaven. And we can't get there by our own good deeds. There's nothing we can do. The wages of sin, what we've earned by even one sin, is we've earned a free trip to hell. Anybody here not sin? Let's see your hand. If you, you're not sin, I will call you out because the Bible says everybody has sinned. And falling short of the glory of God. Nobody has hit perfection. Nobody's hit the bullseye. And, and he says, but the wages of sin is death, separation, eternal separation from God. But he says the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. He gives us a gift of eternal life. But what has to happen when he gives us that gift is we have, how much of ourselves do we have to surrender to him? At some point in time, seriously, at some point in time for salvation to be salvation, You have to surrender everything you know about yourself to everything you know about him. If you didn't do that, you're in the Matthew 7 crowd. 
that when you start getting put in the wrong line, and he says, "What?" Well, he's they're, they're saying, well, "Wait, wait, 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 wait! Didn't I prophesy in your name? Didn't I? Didn't I? Wasn't I in the church band? Wasn't I? Didn't I do Sunday school? Didn't I?" He says, "Yeah, but you and I never had that intimate relationship." So at some point at salvation, you got to surrender everything you know about yourself to everything you know about Him. You got to surrender that, and then your life, as you go on from the time you're born again to the time He brings you home, is continuing to surrender. So that he can use you as a witness to show people what it looks like to have a big God living inside. So if you've never given your life to Christ, man, I've given you the, man, I'm, I'm just encouraging you. How many of you have ever given your life to Christ? Let me see your hand. For real? How many of y'all, all right, put your hands down. How many of y'all gave your life to Christ wish you never had? You said, that's the worst thing I ever did. Wish I never did it. Now I'm eternally stuck in it. Anybody here? No. How many of y'all say it's the best thing you ever did? Yeah, dude. The best thing. He made it possible for us to have eternal life through what Jesus did on the cross. He came here and lived a perfect life. Never sinned. As 100% God and 100% man. You want to know more about that? Come to the Bible study in John. But he died on a cross to be the sacrifice. To pay for something we couldn't pay for. And if God gives you the desire and ability to believe that then you have to accept it. You accept, you don't have to, but you accept it and say, I believe what you did on the cross pays for my sins. I want you to come into my life and I want you to take over. And I want what you did on the cross to cover my sins and take them away. There, Jimmy, is there any other way? There is no other way. That's the first place where you say yes. Is there. So if you've never done that, man, I pray that you would. But if you have, I would pray that when the world watches you, they don't you see you trying to sit on this. How many of y'all again would say you've been kind of guilty of sitting on this? Yeah. And I would encourage you, man, to start saying yes to him again. I'd encourage you when he says no, look at that no and wait for his yes and, and do it all in his power because then he supplies it. Let's pray. Father, thank you for loving us. Father, thank you for showing us in your word that it's okay when you say no. It's a good thing when you say no. Man, I'm just thinking if I was getting ready to run into a wall because I was blindfolded and I couldn't see, it would be awesome for somebody to say, no, stop. I'd be so foolish to keep running and have to deal with the consequences. Hmm. You don't want us to deal with the consequences. So, Father, I pray that for any of us, all of us, that if, if you've said no, I know this is what you wanted me to preach today. This came from you. This outline came yesterday afternoon and I've been studying this for weeks. But God, you put this together. And I pray that for any of us that are having a hard time accepting the fact that you say no, or you've said no about something in our lives, I pray, Father, that you'd speak to our soul, you'd speak to our heart, and we would be stoked that you said no, knowing that you've got something better on the other side, not even knowing what that is, but having faith to trust you. So, Father, protect us by saying no, just like you did Apostle Paul. Guide us into something better by saying no, just like you did with Apostle Paul. And, Father, if you've said no, help us not to stay there and argue with you about it. Father, help us start moving. And if you say no again, help us to keep moving. Help us not get tired of you saying no, realizing that no is as good an answer as yes. And Father, when you do say yes, help us be so stoked we jump on it and do it with everything we have. 
with our whole heart and soul. And that the fact that you have said yes and you've directed us is what gives us confidence to know that you're going to give us everything we need to accomplish what you've called us to do. Father, I don't pray that you would bless us. I've been thinking about this a lot in the last few days. I don't know why you put it in my heart. See, we come out and feel my conversations. But Father, I don't pray that you would bless us. I pray that you would lead us to do things you would bless. Father, I pray that that would happen because we're not doing it in our own strength. But we're doing it in yours because it's what you want us to do. And I pray for these things in Jesus' name. Amen.